Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast. We're up to our fifth podcast of the 2023 preseason. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. My name is Eddie Dads. The podcast, as always, is proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Um, after getting a couple of the old heads on last week, I figured it was only fair that we uh, we got a bit of the young brigade on this week. So I'm very pleased to announce that we've got two of our younger SC Playbook contributors, a couple of boys doing some great stuff in the media landscape. Firstly, uh, Dylan Bolch, Herald Sun writer, SC Playbook extraordinaire. How are you going today, Dylan? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eddie. Looking forward to uh, getting into things this week. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the Supercoach world. We actually are getting close to being able to talk about practice games and uh, match simulations and that sort of thing. So it's a very exciting time of the year. Um, Our other special guest is Charlie Dads. Uh, He's a full-time contributor at scplaybook.com.au. He's absolutely been frothing it this season. His tweets are going viral. He's having a great time. Uh, Charlie, what's, what's news in your world this morning? Uh, thanks for the hype up, Eddie. <laughs> that, was, that was very nice of you. Um, yeah, just gone gone very well today, and obviously excited for the first of the trial games this afternoon. Should be good. Yeah, showing them on KO again, which we love. Uh, I think the AFL's finally figured out that there's an audience of people wanting to watch these preseason games. Um, I have to say, Charlie, I'm getting pretty used to seeing uh, Dylan Bolcher's name in the Herald Sun, but it was a first for me seeing uh, your name pop up in the Hun this week. Uh, talk us through it. Oh no, that was just that was cool. Good little experience and always nice to live a day in the life of uh, Dylan Bolch because he's been dominating <laughs> this season. So, yeah, uh, very nice. <laughs> well, it's going to be... Too kind, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure to have two uh, superstars of the Supercatch game on this morning. Um, but boys, before we get into anything else, Charlie, I, I've been asking a question of people that uh, everyone that appears on my podcast for the first time in 2023. Um, I've asked all the other contributors, so it's only fair I ask you too. Um, looking back on your 2022 season, uh, what's sort of one one lesson you learned out of that season? Because I think it's really important that you, that you always build on Supercoach year on year. So, yeah, what, what was one thing that stood out for you last year that you could have changed or that you'd do differently going into 2023? Yeah, I think, well, last year I started off quite well. I wasn't insane, but um, I think I was inside the, the top 4K after the first five weeks or so, and then I just got sucked in to bring in um, Jake Bowie, I think, as a mid-pricer, and he'd never never showed much potential of a, of a high-scoring game. Um, and I think that really put my season uh, on the downhill trend ever since that. Um, I don't want to say I told you so, but I definitely told you so with Bowie. Uh, vivid memories of telling you, please don't do that. Um, yeah, that's a, I think that's a good lesson to learn. The other thing I've been asking, Charlie, all of my my new additions to the podcast this season is, uh, how is your own footy preseason going? Um, we had the Bandit on a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, he's looking fit and firing. He's going to tear up the VAFA this year. Uh, what's news in uh, in your amateur football world? Oh, so yeah, so playing for the, uh, the Adelaide Uni Blacks, which you're very familiar with, Eddie, and... Um, couldn't think of a better club to play at. Uh, my first full preseason in probably four years, I think. So it's been good to not have many injuries and and actually get some fitness under my belt, which is good. Elliot Yo, fantastic. Is, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Elliot, yeah, Elliot Yo, Regen. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are going to be talking a lot about Elliot Yo, Lo, Elliot Yo later in this podcast, so I don't want to ruin it all now. But um, that's a good little teaser for what's to come today. We're going to, we are going to look at the defenders um, and go through uh, with a fine tooth comb and try and some, find some value in the defensive line. But we will leave that for later on. Firstly, boys, um, I want to ask you first, Dylan, as one of our Herald Sun newsbreakers on the case, uh, what's been making news in the Supercoach world the last week or so? I think it's always important to keep your finger on the pulse. Um, there is often a lot of things popping up in Twitter and flying around. So what sort of caught your eye over the last seven days? Yeah, I guess the last week we've seen a lot of intra-club match sims. Um, so I reckon probably 15 out of the 18 um, played intra-clubs in the past week. Um, so a lot of takeaways out of that. But I think we touched on it a couple of podcasts ago. It's important to, I guess, make sure that you're not reading too much into things. Um, at the end of the day, they are um, intra-clubs. They don't mean a lot. Um, there's no premiership points on the line. So top liners, I guess James Sisley is one example who, who went off with an ankle issue but um, is reportedly okay. Guys like him, um, he's not going to go at 100 miles an hour in a match sim. So, yeah, a few, a few clubs did that. Um, the Hawks, I'll, I'll start with the Hawks. Um, so Sisley is reportedly okay um, with a leg injury. Fergus Green looks like he'll slot into um, Mitch Lewis's role for round one. Um, Dylan Moore was great. I know you both were high on Dylan <laughs> Moore this time last year. Um, yep. And Will Day's moved into the midfield full time. So wow. yeah, a few takeaways um, from that match. Does Moore tempt either of you this year? Uh, he burnt me too badly last year. It's one of those ones I need 12 months to cool off on that one, I think, Dylan. Um, those who yep. listened to the podcast last year would have heard me um, yeah, rabbiting on ad nauseum about uh, how much I did, didn't enjoy owning Dylan Moore. So he might have to wait a little while. Um, the interesting one I want to ask you guys about is Sicily. As, as Hawthorne supporters, what do you make of the, uh, the Sicily captain appointment? I love it, personally. Um, I think there's no better per- person to, to lead from the front and lead by example. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been in the news for um, various little scuffles in, in pre-season match sim. Um, but clearly that's, that's something that, that Sam Mitchell wants from them. And I think, yeah, you're not going to find anyone better at doing that than James Sicily. He does fit the Sam Mitchell, the, the Sam Mitchell niggle sort of role. He fits that perfectly, doesn't he, Dylan? Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, bringing back the unsociable Hawks. I've still got memories of uh, Sammy Mitchell um, mocking the Essendon boys, for want of a better word. Um, a, uh, so, <laughs> a bit of that coming back, perhaps. Yeah, not a, not a fond memory for me, I have to say. Um, Charlie, what else? What else is making news in the in the Supercoach realm? We've we've already crossed off Hawthorne, so you're not allowed to. There's no Hawks chat for the rest of this podcast. What's happening in the rest of the league? Grundy today, or the uh, SC Bandit sent through something um, in our little messenger chat that Grundy uh, will be getting 70% of the ruck time, or presumably 70% of the ruck time, while Gorn spends most of his time forward. So that automatically puts his um, super coach stocks through the roof, I think, even more so than they were before. I was already pretty high on him, um, and now I think he's borderline a lock um, at R1. Um, potentially over guys like Wits who are, who are coming in at really expensive. I think Grundy can definitely match his scoring. Um, Sam Doherty also, I saw a tweet, uh, I think it was yesterday, that um, his role is, is very uncertain at this stage. It could be 100% midfield one game and then 100% defence the other. So I think that's just like a caution that um, I'll, I'll definitely be taking into picking Sam Doherty um, just over the uh, inconsistency over his role. 
I want to go back to the Grundy one really quickly because uh, that really got my radar up this morning, Dylan. I I, I took that as uh, as pure hot air, to be honest. I, I you know it, it came out. I think it was it was in the context of this is how this is why or how Grundy got to Melbourne, um, and it seems that he's been uh, he at least thinks he's been promised seventy percent of the the ruck time, and Max Gorn will spend the rest of the time up forward. Um, does that pass the sniff test for you, Dylan? Uh, it's an interesting one. So I think that's come from an uh, age article um, based off the um, Show Me the Money documentary, which sort of tracks the, the trade period and a lot of the management stuff that goes on at that time of year. And I mean, if you're trying to recruit someone, you're going to offer them a pretty enticing deal, whether or not they go, um, you know, Grundy, you can play 70% ruck and then it gets to this point now and um, you know, they've gone through most of the preseason and the split might be 60-40 or 80-20 or whatever it may be. It, it, does, it did to me feel like it was a little bit um, little bit of hot air, but I mean, I guess we won't know until the real stuff starts. Big time. Uh, last chance, Dylan, any other any other news that, that sort of uh, that floated across your desk this week that you thought the listeners might want to know about? Yeah, Matthias Philippou is looking good for a round one debut. Um, the Giants had a match sim as well. Finn Callahan is is a mid-price option in the in the midfield that was a standout. Um, your usual type, Stephen Cornelio, was pretty influential in the midfield. Um, Took Miller did a hammy. Um, Took Miller, beg your pardon, which is... I'm not sure how you guys read into that. To me, he's still in my team at the moment, but he's been ruled out of both their practice matches. So I'm not sure. Have you crossed him off your list early? He's off my list, yeah. I, I just I think when, when it's this early in the year and you have so many options, I kind of think it's a bit silly to to knowingly pick someone who's coming in a bit underdone. Like I, I think what's the worst case scenario? You bring Took in Took in, you know, seven rounds into the season if he miss and you've missed seven of his scores. Uh, I don't know, what do you think, Charlie? Yeah, he's also a no go for me. I just think um, if he played one of the one of the practice matches or one of the trial games, I'd I'd maybe be a bit more hot on him, but um, I just think missing both of them and, and coming into the season, um, as you said, Eddie, a bit underdone, um, just doesn't scream uh, like a, it doesn't look like a good pick for me. Yeah, I think that there are just too many options around that price range. And we will get into that um, in the coming weeks when we discuss uh, the, each line by line action. Um, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to stick with the defenders today. Charlie, last chance for any, any pertinent news that, that you've seen pop up on Twitter or elsewhere during the week? Uh, probably the, the main one that relates to my team is Nick Caulfield will be playing in these in these trial games and he's been taking kickouts in training, which I think is a massive boost for his scoring um, potential. Um, he's coming in, I think, with a break-even of just 38. Um, so he looks like a really good value option. Um, I've currently got him at D3. Um, that's how much I, I value him this year. Well, I've seen some crazy takes of yours on the uh, on the defensive line, uh, Charlie. So we, we are going to get to that later. I did see you lit Twitter on fire with a with a bit of yo uh, chat previously, um, Dylan. The last last thing before we get into into a bit of a broader team chat about your your guys' teams, um, the North Intra Club. Walk us through it. This is big news. Yeah, yeah. So Harry Sheezer was one that um, Sandy Dragons laid. So I watched him closely last year, but if he was playing forward. Um, which we sort of all assumed he was going to do. I didn't think he was a great option at, at 200k, but North were trialling him at half-back in the intra-club, and that was, um, at first, just sort of thought it was, you know, Clarko just playing funny buggers in a, you know, trying a few different things, but that's apparently been in the works for a number of weeks now. So um, he played across all three lines throughout the day, but, yeah, if, if Harry is playing um, in defence or through the midfield at all, I think that makes him a very, um, very solid rookie option, Um this season, 
Phillips was pretty good. Blake Jury, who was one that um, a lot of people had flagged as a basement rookie option, started in the B side but then moved into the A side. Um, Jack Zeeble played in defence too, which we sort of all thought was going to happen but was neither here nor there. And then um, Josh Goder, another another rookie that people have sort of looked at. He didn't play um, due to load management. So, yeah, a few interesting points from the North match. Yeah, they're going to be very relevant in Supercoach this year, North. Uh, they do have a lot of players that, that I think we're all interested in, mostly on the rookie side of things, but also the likes of a Jack Siebel or even an Aaron Hall will be feeling very adventurous. Uh, now, boys, uh, when you hear the names Pat and George, you may think of them being able to help you buy your first home, get you a better rate on your current mortgage, or help you drive off in a new Mercedes. But did you know that the boys are helping our listeners with so much more than just materialistic needs? We never like to hear any of you are going through a hard time. But if you have had an accident, been going through a separation or are facing any other major costs that need to be paid, whatever the situation, the boys at Mortgage Choice SCW can make sure you get access to the funds you need quickly and easily to ensure that you can focus on what matters most without the worries of financial stress. Touch base with Pat and George today. Um, you can find them anywhere on our website uh, or you can look up Pat and George Mortgage Choice SCW on Instagram. Make sure you mention the SC playbook to them to ensure that your solution plan is of no cost to you. Uh, boys, before we get into looking at the defenders, I just think it's worth having a bit of a bit of a sanity check, seeing where we're all at with our teams. Um, Charlie, what's what's been happening in your team this week? I know you're a, you're a serial tinkerer. Uh, you'd like to be moving the pieces around. Uh, what what's been the focus area for your team over the last week or so? What's uh, what's causing you issues? Yeah, you're right. I'm a serial tinkerer. I've been uh, been on Supercoach pretty much every day, and just there's always something new that I can put in or take out. Um, at the moment, I've, I've settled on 11 primos. Um, and then to go along with that, I've got three mid-prices um, and eight cheapies spread across my, my 22. Um, there's a couple guys that are locked in for me that I haven't moved much all season or all preseason, and that's Laird, Yo, uh, and then the forward line of Dunkley, Canelio, and Taranto. Um, mm-hmm. I think those guys are, are settled and, and they should be pretty much in every team. I would assume. Um, also with Rowan Marshall as well. I think he should be in just about every team. Um, I have had a couple new additions though, and that is Darcy Parrish and Lockie Neal into the midfield. Um, mm. Wasn't sure Lockie Neal with uh, Ashcroft and Dunkley, um, but I, I just think he's such a beast that it's not really going to matter. Um, and look, he might be rotating forward, but I think, you know, he, he can kick goals. And I think um, if anything, he'll he'll match what he scored last year as well. Walk me through the parish selection. What's uh, what's going through your head there? I just I love the draw early on. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great it draw. Up. It's a great draw. Yeah, against Hawthorne. Um, and I I really don't think that Finn McGuinness is in the best twenty two this year. Who was uh, he was Hawthorne's serial tagger last year. Um, I don't think he's anywhere near the twenty two. So probably don't have to worry about a tag from um, any Hawthorne players. And then he plays. Uh, who does he play next game? I think it's um, it's Gold Coast, which yeah, we've got we've got easy. we've got GWS St Kilda, Gold Coast, Hawthorne in our first four. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Um, look, he might cop a tag against St Kilda uh, with Marcus Winhager. It'll be either either him or Merritt. Um, but to be honest, with an injury affected year last year um, and a subsequent price drop, um, I'm I'm willing to take the risk on that. I think he's heaps good value this season. 
I love it. Um, I'm also looking at the Bombers for that, just based on that first week, that first month of the season. Uh, Nick Martin has currently made his way into my super coach side uh, just quietly. Um, absolutely love having him there. He looks great in the side. So we'll have to wait and see if he maintains his spot. Um, Dylan, what about you? What's uh, what sort of what what what's been going through your head uh, with your super coach team over the last week or so? Uh, yeah, not a lot of change. I had, um, I guess, the biggest one was moving on from Jack McRae. I sort of. Wasn't sold on him, but heard he'd spent a lot of time at half forward in the intra-club, which, again, like, how much do you read into that? But for me, that was a little bit of a, an alarm bell, and I swapped him out for Jack Steele, who I'm hoping um, becomes one of Ross Lyon's love childs. Um, but, yeah, not a lot of movement um, at this time of year. I guess I'm just waiting for the, um, the official practice matches that start this afternoon to sort of see um, a little bit more of what's going on. What about from a from a guns and rookies and mid prices perspective? What are you what are you running with in terms of numbers in those categories? Uh, so I've got twelve uh, guns for one of one of a better word, um, and then uh, two mid prices. So that that's counting Cameron as a as a premium. Um, the mid price has been Yo and, and Hopper. Um, I, I've sort of tried at the moment. I've got. Um, a pretty top-heavy defence, which I think, given the given, we'll touch on this in a little bit, but it seems as though um, the best option might be to go a little bit lighter on in the back line this year. So, yeah, there's still a few moving pieces, but at the moment, I've got um, in terms of primos, I've got a three-four-two-three structure. Yeah, love it. Um, now, I think it's it's probably the same for everyone, and I think Nick Martin's probably the guy for me, and he, he's. Yeah, at some point, we'll get squeezed out of my team. I think. Um, what's who's one guy, Charlie, that that's been in and out of your side that you just you really really want to pick, but you just can't quite fit him in there. Mm, for me, yeah, it's Jack Steele. Um, I really want him in. Um, as Dylan said, he's hoping for a bit of a, a love child type situation with uh, with Ross Lyon, and I think he could be that. Um, I just he's very underpriced um, considering he averaged. I don't even know off the top of my head. It was something like 128 a couple of years, or maybe 122, I actually don't know, um, a couple of years ago. Um, and it's to get him, I have to get rid of Parrish. And I just don't know if I'm prepared to do that um, at this stage. But we'll see maybe after the first four games um, when Parrish and his draw starts to get a little bit harder, maybe I can then consider about getting Steele in. Um, and I also really want Hayden Young. If he's on kickouts, which I think he is, um, there's been a couple reports that he is, um, and I just don't know if I can justify him uh, at D1, which is the only only slight downside to that. I have seen a couple of teams floating around with Hayden Young at D1, which is a very interesting move. Um, Jack Steele, the 126 average in 2021 and 122 in 2020. So uh, the runs are on the board there. Dylan, what about for you? Is there one guy that's, uh, that's giving you particular headaches? I think the main one, and I know Charlie said he hasn't left his side, but Laird is the one that I don't have and I haven't had, but I really want to have. I'm just finding it hard to to find the extra cash to get um, to get him in. So it's likely that he probably replaces um, Miller when the when the push comes to shove. But yeah, just trying to find that extra forty or fifty k is is a little bit tricky at the moment. I'm finding. Indeed. Um, before, before we get to our defensive structure chat, I did want to plug the SC Playbook subscription. Um, for $50, you get uh, the full package, which is full access to every piece of content on the scplaybook.com.au website. That gives you NRL, AFL, and BBL Supercoach content for the next 12 months. Um, and if you don't want to pay for the NRL and the BBL, it is just $30 for the AFL package. You get extra premium articles, 
every single round, access to our WhatsApp group where we have weekly Q&As with contributors and the SC Playbook community, um, as well as access to our major unlimited group prize on the Supercoach website where we'll be giving away $500 cash for the top-ranked SC Playbook subscriber to knock off all of our teams. Um, and if a non-subscriber wins the cash, we'll split 250 each between the winner and the runner-up. The unlimited group code, uh, everyone out there, if you haven't joined yet, is 345511. Get around that. Get around the scplaybook.com.au subscription. Um, we've got some great stuff going on there at the moment. Um, boys, it's time to dive into the meat of this podcast, which is the defenders. Um, we have spoken a little bit about them over the last couple of minutes or so, but I just wanted, I wanted to start things off by asking just broadly what your structures look like. So Dylan, um, who are you going with uh, at the moment? Who's your six? Who are you two on the bench? Uh, and what's the structure between mid-priced um, premium and rookie price players? Yeah, so as it stands, I've got um, Tom Stewart, Jordan Dawson, and Nick Dacos as my three primos. Mm, I've gone it. with Elliot Yo at D4 um, as a mid-price punt. And then Ruben Jinvey, Connor McKenna, Josh Weddle, and Darcy Wilmot as my four rookies at the moment. Um, that's sort of how I'm shaping up. Jeez, have you been? Have I? Did you have you been? Did I give you my password for my team, Dylan? Is is that how you came up with that defence? That's pretty much exactly what I'm rolling with. Um, Nick Dacos. We are going to talk about him a little bit later, but he's one I, I I'm very very big on. Um, I think he's uh, he's primed for another enormous season. Charlie, what about you? What are, which way are you leaning at the moment with your defence? I'm going the complete opposite to Dylan and you. I'm going very light. I just think uh, this is the year to go light on defence with all just you know an abundance of cheapy options. Um, I think it, it'd be silly not to take advantage of that. Not calling you guys silly or anything, but um, <laughs> that's just what I'm at at the moment. I've got Sicily at D1, um, and then Yo, Caulfield, Jinby, McKenna, Weddle, or Weedle, and then uh, Darcy Wilmot and Campbell Chesser on the bench. Wow, that is super, super light, Charlie. Um, I noticed that you neither of you have gone with Tom Stewart. Uh, what's the thinking there, Charlie? You, you did not, not, not any, not keen on him. No, I'm, I'm not at all. I'm, I know he's underpriced, and I know a lot of people rate him, but I'm just not convinced um, of his output this season with Duncan moving back to, you know, his famous seagull role and. And Bose will be floating through defence as well. I just don't think Duncan. I mean, I, I just don't think Stewart. Sorry, will get you know as many cheap kicks as he got last year. I think, I think I'd, I'd struggle to see him averaging a hundred plus this season. Oh, interesting. That is a massive. Interesting. A hundred plus, you <laughs> I reckon? Would... I'd, I'd, yeah, I just don't, I'd, I'd, I'm not convinced that he's as much of an uber primo as everyone's hyping him up to be. Well, I would just. That's like the first thing I would. Heavily disagree with you on, I reckon, Charlie. <laughs> I, um, he's he was D one for me, and hasn't. He's probably been one of about four primos that haven't left my side all season. I just reckon he's like the the best. You know what his role is going to look like. You know he's a proven scorer. I think he's the best. Looking at the other top line guys, so Dawson. You know how does how does the captaincy affect him? Where's he actually going to play? Sicily captaincy, and does he get thrown forward at all? Doherty, we touched on him earlier. I think Stewart, in that sort of top band, he's he seems the safest, I guess, role-wise for me so far. I have to say, not owning Stewart at any point last season uh, was incredibly painful. Um, so that was one that I'm kind of keen to rectify pretty early on this year. It's just it, There is actually nothing worse than watching Geelong play and seeing them just kick kick to him every single time they come out of defense every literally every single time it's it's so it is so painful so I, I'm, I'm leaning towards your way as well Dylan I, I don't think there's any way he averages 
less than 100. Um, whether he's a top six defender, I, I, I'm pretty confident he will be it, uh, one way or another. The one I did want to touch on with both of you is, is James Sicily. Um, he, so, Charlie, you, you've got him locked in. He's only averaged over 105 once in his career. Um, he's only ever played more than 19 games four times in his career. Um, Dylan, can we really rely on Sicily at this point? Or was, was last season a once-off? What do you think? Uh, that's an that's an interesting. I didn't realize those stats actually, Eddie. Um, I, I like the Sicily pick. I just prefer your Stewarts and your your Dawsons and your your Sicilies. Uh, Stuart Dawson and um, Doherty's more so at the moment. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, what I do want to ask you about as well is Nick Dacos. Talk me through what you've seen from him in this preseason that makes you want to pay up for him at what five hundred three k. Obviously, the second year player. It's pretty rare that we pick a second year player especially when they were as good as they were in their first year. Um, walk me through the Dacos selection. Yeah, well, word out of Collingwood is that he's just gone to another level yet again, which is, I mean, as you said, it's rare to pick a second-year player off a season like that, but he seems to be a pretty rare rare talent. Um, there is a... I, I don't know if he'll be there come round one for me. I think it, going back to what Charlie was saying, I do think he'll end up running just the two premium defenders rather than the three, and, and he might be the one that has to make way there. But, yeah, he seems to be, um, you know, there's talk he'll play through the midfield a little bit more, but he's just similar to Stewart, I guess, at Geelong. It seems like a lot of play went through him last year at Collingwood, um, and hopefully he can go to another another level yet again. Um, it is a little bit speculative, given there are so many good options, but, yeah, I, I uh, like what I've seen from him. I know people will have seen this ad nauseum, but I did just want to run you through his scores last year from round 12 to round 18. 113, 112, 93, 143, 99, 163. Um, as a rookie, in, in the time when you would normally expect rookies to sort of hit that, that rookie wall where, they, where they, you know, they've played more games than they ever had in their life, they've had more training than they ever have, they're, they're running out of gas. At that point was when he was actually reaching his peak as an AFL footballer. Charlie, is, uh, has he come across your calculations at all? I had him at the very start, um, and I love him. I love Dacos. He's one of my favourite players in the competition, and I think he's on track for, you know, a, a copious amounts of uh, of Brownlow medals. But um, I'm just, I think, no matter where he plays, um, whether it's roaming through halfback or or up forward or in the midfield, I think he is the number one tag option at the Pies. Um, I think teams will will really really catch on to that. Um, they would have seen his performances last year and. Um, you know, they, they won't want a repeat of that. Um, I think Mitchell doesn't really impact. He just gets the cheap handballs. But Dacos is the one that's going to kick the goals. He's going to set up plays. Um, he's the most damaging damaging Collingwood player this season. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. One other, one player that I am really intrigued by, and I don't, he's not popping up in as many teams as I would have expected after the year he had last year, uh, is Jack Sinclair, Dylan. He only had one sub-110 score over the last two months of the season, um, and that score was a 102. Uh, he broke out in a huge way last year, averaging 113. Uh, why aren't we seeing him in as many teams as we might expect? Yeah, it's a good question because, you know, in total seriousness, there's nothing to say that we shouldn't pick him, really. Um, as you mentioned, his numbers last year were, were awesome for a defender, but I guess saving that, what is it, 25K um, and going to a, a Dawson or a Stewart or a Doherty or a type like that, it just feels as though there's... I, I'm not sure that Sinclair will go to another level, whereas I think there's improvement potentially in the likes of a Doherty and a Stewart. Um, that, that's my reasoning 
at this point in time. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, I, I I think it's just what I don't like is the there's no real track record here. I mean, his previous high average in a season was 86. So he's basically um, gone up 27 points on his best previous season average. I mean, nothing I saw last year would suggest he's not going to be that good again. He was absolutely fantastic. I owned him for a fair bit and it was, it was incredible. He would never drop below 100. Um, yeah, I think it's just more that slight worry. He's surely not going to go up in price, right? So even if he's not, even if, even if you don't start with him, he can be one of your first upgrades. Um, I think the risk is just slightly more there than the, some of those other guys. Um, another guy around that 500k range, which is where we're, Mick Dacos is sitting, uh, is Hayden Young. Charlie, you've clearly made the decision to go Young over Dacos at this point. You said you've got him sitting at D1 as well. So um, talk to me about Hayden Young and, and why people should be looking at the, the left footer from Frio. Oh, he's just tearing it up. This preseason, I think all the coaches are loving him. Um, Justin Longmuir is, is absolutely raving about how much um, of a good kick he is. And, and if he's on kick outs, um, which, yeah, I have seen reports that he is, um, I think he can definitely take his average up to way past 100. I think he could average, you know, 105 plus this season. Yeah. Uh, what, who else? Because he's, he's probably a more unknown name at this point, Dylan. Who are a couple of the other unknown names in defense that you've been you've been keeping your eye on over the preseason? Um, Bailey Dale, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know that you can call him an unknown necessarily, um, but I think it's worth looking at him because Caleb Daniels spending a lot of time in the midfield. Um, so he potentially gets the... Um, gets Monopoly on the kickouts for the Dogs. Um, he's one name. Another name I've sort of looked at semi-closely is Isaac Cumming at the Giants. Um, I think he's he's another guy that is likely to be on, on kickouts um, up in Sydney. And, and he, his um, finish to the year last year was, was pretty solid. I don't have the stats right in front of me now, but um, came home pretty strongly um, out of defence. And I think um, with a few moving pieces up there, I think he could be... Um, a guy that sort of elevates his game this year. Ed Richards, another one that might benefit from that. Caleb Daniel moving further up the ground. Um, we have spoken about Ed Richards a fair bit. I'm a big fan of his. I don't know if it's don't know if it's quite yet for him. Um, he is going to be relevant at some point, though. Um, that probably covers us for the premium side of things, Charlie. I want to I want to talk about Elliot Yo. We've been teasing it a little bit. Um, walk me through your thinking with Yo. At one point, at one point, you had him at D1, so you must rate him. Um, yeah, give it. Give us your thoughts. I. I... Um, so, oh, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm fanboying over him. Um, I think he's probably the best pick this season. Um, and I remember when the uh, when the positions came out, I sent it into our messenger group chat, and I got laughed at for suggesting Yo, um, absolutely torn to shreds. <laughs> um, and well, you're not laughing now, are you? So <laughs> I I'm a, no, I'm a big fan of him. I think his um his halfback midfield uh, role um, with uh, Jinbi will be beneficial for both of them. Um, and I think they just go hand in hand in defense together. My question is whether he's become slightly overrated. And I think you've answered my question a little bit with your, some of your comments there. I, I just, I don't see it as much as everyone else seems to. He's played 27 games in the last three seasons. Uh, he's only averaged over a hundred three times in his career and doesn't have an average above 108. I just think there are better options. Like I honestly think like a Caulfield is is more of a more of a safe bet than Yo. I mean, we, we just can't trust his body at this point, no matter what they're telling us. Uh, Dylan, which side of the fence do you sit on that one? Uh, I think uh, Yo's a no-brainer. I'm, I'm with Charlie on that. And even I, I do understand that there's concerns around his body and whatnot, but everything we're hearing is is positive, um, which is a massive green light. And he's in 
Uh, 46.4% of sides at the moment as it stands. So it's not real. It's a risk, but it's not really a risk because so many people are in the same boat. So even if he does go down um, early, you can always pivot to a, a guy like Caulfield or another rookie um, or, you know, restructure a little bit and get up to a, a Dacos or a Hayden Young type at 500k. I am seriously considering anti-potting Yo and going without him to start with. I, uh, if he does come out in the first, you know, two weeks and looks amazing, then I'm going to have to change my thinking. But I, I just, yeah, I, I just have this horrible feeling that his his body is never going to be as good as everyone thinks that it's going to be. Um, that does bring us to Nick Caulfield, though. He is around the same price range as Yo and uh, and feels like a pretty like for like replacement. Um, Dylan, walk us through him, what he's been through in terms of injuries, and and yeah, what we can maybe expect from him this season. Yeah, so he hasn't really been able to get a, a clear run at it at all um, with various injuries. He was out with an ACL um, most recently and uh, St. Kilda have said that he'll play in the match sim um, tomorrow afternoon at RCA, um, which is a great thing because he has been in a um, non-contact cap for a lot of the preseason, which to me was a little bit of a concern. But um, yeah, he seems to be um, coming good at the right time and I guess that the main appeal with Caulfield for me is that, yes, he's a little bit more pricier than the other rookies, but he's had five or six years in the system. So he, I don't think he'll be um, managed as, as other rookies might be. I think a guy like Ruben Jinby, as much as when he plays, I think he'll be awesome. But I could see a world where he you know, gets rested after round six or whatever it may be. Whereas I think Caulfield, given he's that mature body, um, assuming he's fit and healthy, I think he'll get a, a much clearer run at it. Averaged 79.4 in 16 games in 2020, Caulfield. So he does have runs on the board to some extent. And if he can average 80 again this year at that price range, he's going to get that 150K that we talk about um, a lot quicker than most rookies will. Charlie, at almost um, almost 130K cheaper than Elliot Yo, can you roll with both of them or is it it going to be a one or the other type situation? No, you can definitely roll with both of them. Um, I've I've tinkered around and I've, I've had a couple teams that have had um, Sicily, Yo, Liam Jones, um, and then Nick Caulfield. Um, I think just with the the way that the um, the sub rule, um, you know, has has gone into the game, has come into the game. I think these mid prices are looking really attractive this season. I agree. There there is a lot to choose from. That that probably moves us nicely onto the more cheapy end of the uh, of the mid price action. So we've got we've spoken about a couple of them already, but um, Jinby, Wilmot, McKenna. Weedle um, seem to be the pick of the cheapy bunch. Uh, Dylan, am I missing anyone there that, that's come across your card, caught your eye in the, in the preseason? Uh, yeah, I think they're the, the sort of top line that you that you really want to look at. Um, Charlie Constable's another who looks like he'll be um, half back for the Suns, but I guess you could slot him into the midfield if you wanted. Um, and Campbell Chester too. I'm not I'm not sure if you mentioned him. He's he's another one mm, that true. looks like. Looks like um, he potentially is there round one if, if everything goes to plan between now and then. So, yeah, there's a, as Charlie mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of nice rookie options this year. Do we take McKenna and Wilmot, Charlie, or are they? is it going to be one of those things where they're, they're battling for one spot in the same side and you can only pick one of them? I don't. I actually don't. I don't think they are battling for the same same position. I think in the uh, you know the kind of leaked. Um, team uh, uh, for, the, for, for Brisbane. McKenna was at half back, or actually no, he was on the bench um, and Wilmot was lining up on a wing. And I, I doubt McKenna would, would line up on a wing as well. Um, I think he'd be rotating off that half back. 
What about Weedle? Both of you are Hawthorne guys. Uh, he's been getting a lot of buzz on Twitter. He looks fantastic. He's come in basically ready-made. Uh, Dylan, is he going to is he going to play round one? Uh, I think he's really touching guard. I'd be interested to hear what Charlie thinks, but he athletically he's as good as you'll see um, for a draft day early on. I, I just don't know if if he and um, Cam McKenzie is the other one, that whether they're there straight away round one or if they sort of have to buy their time till round three or four and, and guys like, you know, Harry Morrison types, Lockie Bramble types, these guys get, get first crack. I'm not sure which way Sam Mitchell will, will go with that just yet. Um, and I guess that's where we have to look at the um, the practice matches over the next couple of weeks. And a, a red flag for me was that um, both McKenzie and Weddle started in the B side in the recent match. Sim, they eventually moved to the A side, which is a great thing. But yeah, first up in the B side for me was a little bit of a concern. Yeah, Charlie, is he, he going to play run, round one? Weddle, do you reckon? Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I'm not sure. I, I swear I heard reports that Harry Morrison did a hammy or, or was injured. I could yeah, maybe yeah. have heard that or something. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. You're right. Um, there, yeah. Yeah, so Weedle could could take that halfback spot um, for round one, and and look, his job security might be a bit shaky after that. But all eyes will be on on the team tonight um, to see how he plays. One guy that I think is flying under the radar severely is Lockie Cowan at Carlton. Um, Zach Williams obviously out. Oleg Markov is over at Collingwood now. Um, Cowan was the uh, the he averaged one hundred and forty one points in the NAB League last year, the third behind Will Ashcroft and Satas. Um, he looks like an absolute gun. He's going to be really good at some point. It's it's kind of just a matter of if he plays early, right, Dylan? Like, if, if Cowan's picked round one, we have to pick him, right? Yeah, I, I think if he's there round one, you, you look at him pretty closely. The, the issue with, well, the concern, I guess, with Cowan is that there is so many halfback options at the at the Blues, and I guess similar to Weddle in many ways. Do they, do they give Cowan first crack off the bat, or do they look at a Nick Newman or a... Um, I know Zach Williams has gone down with an ACL or do you, you leave Doherty at half back and pick another midfielder like there's so many again I guess we'll have to look at the, the practice matches but if he's there round one I think yeah you have to look at him uh, pretty closely he also won the um, Morris medal which is the equivalent of the Brownlow um, in the NAB league so he beat um, beat some pretty pretty tight competition there finished ahead of Yashkoff Yashizels um, Sardis Wardlaw these sorts of guys he was um, yeah beat them all uh, one guy that we, we won't need to talk about, we have talked about, about him previously, is Connor McKenna. Um, I'm going to put it on record and say that if he is in the Lions team round one, he will 100% be in my team. I think he's an absolute gun. Um, I'm excited to see him play. Um, guys, I did want to mention we that we are very excited to link up with Better for the 2023 footy season. Um, each round of the season, we're going to be producing exclusive SC playbook mar- special markets of our own on Better. Um, this week... We've got our AFL Futures play, which you can find if you scroll down into the uh, the AFL section and scroll down to Futures. Um, we've got Will Ashcroft, Rising Star, and 10-plus Brownlow votes at $11. Now, Dylan, I'm going to throw this straight to you. Explain to, our, explain to our listeners why we love this bet so much. Oh, that is value, Eddie. Um, get around <laughs> that. He's <laughs> that, um, yeah, I've, I've banged on about Ashcroft all preseason. I think he's he's as ready-made as a, as a draftee has ever been, I think. Um, you can put that on record and he's he's just going to another level in the, in the match sim as well. Um, I know Chris Fagan said in the last few days that he's as professional a young kid as he's, he's ever laid eyes on. So I think he'll be there round one. Um, he's got the he's got the blonde locks, the long, luscious blonde locks that will attract the eyes. <laughs> the Shane Wobodin. Well. Yeah. <laughs> the Shane yeah. Wobodin locks. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I'd be yeah, we love I'd it. be very surprised if he doesn't win the Rising Star, and I think he certainly um, played a few games in the the VFL last year with Brisbane, and I think he polled in two out of three games and ended up with about five votes. So um, the umpires like him, that's for sure. Um, indeed, I think it's great value there too. If you want to follow along on better, uh, you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au um, or they're in our YouTube descriptions as, as well. It's for those aged 18 plus only. Um, remember to gamble responsibly. Now, we have had a couple of listener questions come through over the last week or so, which we love. Um, hit us up on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or Facebook, if you do want to ask a question of our team. Um, Charlie, the first one is for you. It comes from Corey Blackledge on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know, what do you think about a 13 premium team with Hopper and Yo? Because I reckon that can give me an advantage. Uh, what do you think of Corey's question? Oh, yeah, I, I think it can absolutely give you an early advantage for sure, Corey. Um, especially, you know, yeah, in the first couple of rounds um, with 13 primos, um, you'll be you'll be skyrocketing up the ranks. But the only thing is, um, and I, I touched on this very briefly earlier, is just the new sub rule. Um, and I think having <clears throat> mid-prices who are locked in to play a full game um, is the way to go instead of these cheapies who, you know, could potentially only play a half um, and, and will will pose as, as a definite sub-risk um, for the for the rest of the season. Um, so I'm talking like the guys, you know, like Wilmot, um, I feel like he could be subbed. Um, Chesser could be subbed. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you've got Caulfield, who's, who he will definitely play a full game. Um, McKenna will play a full game. Um, and then the likes of Ashcroft, you know, he's not going to get subbed. So I just think it, it, it depends on whether you're willing to take the risk um, on these potential subs. Indeed, good answer. Hope that helps you out, Corey. Last one for you, Dylan. Uh, we've got the Supercoach Roach. Uh, I love the name. The Supercoach Roach on Twitter uh, wants to know, are the four most popular forwards, Dunkley, Taranto, Cogs, and Rosie, the clear four best options? Or do you think a Dylan Moore, Errol Goulden, Zach Butters, or even potentially Cunnington or Zebel could potentially match with them? Um, I, I do think they're the clear best four options, especially um, Dunkley, Canelio, and Taranto yeah, and Rosie, I guess, for that matter. I think that, I think they are the best four options. Um, of that next sort of crew that, um, that the Supercoach Roach has mentioned, I like Dylan Moore. Um, but, yeah, I guess with, with the first four, we, we know um, we know what their value is. A lot of the other guys, you're looking for a, a breakout or a secondary breakout or a, a bounce back in the case of Cunnington or Z. Um, I, I just think all things considered, whether that be role, um you know, team they're in, price, I, I think those four are the best four. Yeah, I'm very interested to talk to forwards when we talk about forwards when we eventually get there in these podcasts because, um, yeah, I, I, it's kind of almost um, underwhelmed to see how many people are going with that cookie cutter four forward approach. I, I think there are a lot of other options out there. So um, Supercoach Roach, from my perspective, I would definitely be looking at the likes of a Dylan Moore or a Golden because uh, imagine if, I mean, if one of those guys pops off and, you know, the likes of a Rosie doesn't quite hit the level that, that we're looking for, that's, that's what can really, really shoot you up the ranking. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a risk worth taking. Um, boys, that's just about all we've got time for today. A bit of a longer podcast um, for the two of you. So thank you for joining me today. We're going to have plenty more content on the website. Um, Charlie, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Eddie. Um, always good chatting Supercoach with you and Dylan. The Young Brigade, loved it. We love the Young Brigade. Dylan, um, we'll keep an eye out for you on Twitter. Some of your updates coming through have been absolutely invaluable so far. So um, keep those up. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Apes, guys. Good chatting with you both.